Bush and Richie here with your Home Time Show podcast. This is Monday's show at the time that it was aired. So obviously we had a a weekend of Father's Day and all that kind of stuff. And I didn't get a chance to mention this in the show, but I just want to talk about it here at the start of this podcast. I had the most amazing Father's Day present ever from my girls this weekend. Uh, go on, you've got to share this because I've, I've, you've obviously talked to me privately, but it's, this is such a cool thing to happen. I'm so excited. Imagine the person that you admire the most in the world of sport from the days gone by, mm-hmm. in the past, them leaving you a personalised message. I'm a huge Everton fan. My favourite Everton player of all time is Kevin Sheedy with his amazing left foot. And uh, my girls got me a personalised Father's Day message from Kevin Sheedy, oh. recorded in his lounge or kitchen. And this is what Kevin Sheedy had to say to me. Hi Andy, it's Kevin Sheedy. Your daughters Erin and Thea would like to wish you a very happy Father's Day. They tell me you're a huge Everton fan, but you get so stressed when watching them that you get really red neck. <laughs> I think that's one of the ailments Ever- Evertonians do get. Uh, hopefully we make the right appointment with the new manager and he can bring us some long overdue success. So once again Andy, have a fabulous Father's Day and all the best for the future. What about that? I think that is so cool. That is really, really cool. And, and a lot of people have been seeing. If you follow me on Twitter, at Bush on the radio, I did tweet it over the weekend. A lot of people have been admiring Kevin Sheedy's uh, wine art in the back. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you know the kind of uh, pictures that your nan and granddad have on the wall when they come back from Spain and bought like a, a Spanish dancer person or uh, a matador put onto wood and they have it in the kitchen. Yeah, but he's probably bought that back from one of uh, Everton's European fixtures in the glory days. I would imagine. I thought you were going to have a pop. Then thanks for not doing that. Appreciate it. It's been a while. It does look like it's quite an old bit of artwork, but maybe it was. Thanks, Kevin. If you've got a TV show that you're working your way through, in our house, it's uh, SAS Who Dares Wins. Do you watch that, Richie? Uh, do you know what? I'm aware of it. I haven't caught up with it, but I think I'd like it. I think you would like it. It is good. It's Ant Middleton and his team of ex-army tough guys. They put the general public through their paces uh, in like an authentic SAS selection process. Let me be absolutely clear. I think I would pass out or die or get chucked out of the competition within an hour of day one. <laughs> I, I wouldn't reckon, last five minutes. I reckon by the first outbreak. I'd be really, and Katie, my other half, makes that point to me all the time. <laughs> uh, but the final episode is the best one. It's the one we watched the other night. I think it actually finished a week or so ago, but we were catching up. Uh, the final episode is always the interrogation episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the remaining contestants have blindfolds put on them and they're made to endure situations in like a real interrogation scenario that pressure them into giving in and spilling the beans and, and, and telling all. Yeah. Uh, and it, normally it's kind of um, blindfolds on and then they are subjected to a, annoying noises or uh, made to sit in a weird position or tapped with sticks yeah. over a long period of time to cause them stress. And I always think when I'm watching it, like, what other small icky things about day-to-day life would break you in an interrogation situation? So for me, for example, I can't bear having food on my hands when I'm eating, which, which is why I have, you know, I, I subscribe to Knife and Forkism. I eat a pizza yeah. and a burger, etc., with a knife and fork. Can't have, um, like, if you have a pasty and you've got greasy hands, trying to pick up a pen to write with greasy hands, that would make me spill the beans. To back up the situation. authenticity of this story, I've witnessed Bush eat a donut with a knife and fork. <laughs> I, I can't bear to have it on my hands. <laughs> or that thing where you eat a donut and you get sugar around your face, and then just to leave it like that, I'd be singing like a canary. <laughs> so is there anything in life, Richie, that would, would get you, if, like, it would make you spill the beans? Dripping gutter. Dripping gutter. Uh, If the gutter is dripping outside, I will first of all close the bedroom windows. If I can still hear it through that, I'll go and sleep in another bedroom. Wow, it gets you that badly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll remove myself from the marital beds just because of dripping gutter. Wowee. I won't make the joke about seeing them at Red in 93 (laughs) because I feel like we've been there. So what icky thing in life would break you in an interrogation situation? Tom Corbett is spilling the beans over wobbly trolley wheels. 
that's a wind up, isn't it? it Does he is. mean them straying off left when you're trying to go right? That kind of thing. Or one yeah. that goes. <laughs> <laughs> that's a wind up. I can put up with an overactive trolley wheel, but if it's not going the way I want it to, that's a problem. It's a wind up. Uh, Pete says, uh, My dad's still saying COVID instead of COVID. <laughs> that would make me <laughs> spill the beans. Uh, Ger says on Twitter, The TV volume at <laughs> an odd number. That yeah. isn't a five. 100%. 100%. Uh, Kelly says the kick at the end of Bargain Hunt. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> at the end of Bargain Hunt, the presenter and both teams will go and we'll see you next time on Bargain Hunt. Yay! Oh. And it's a really limp, half-hearted raise of one leg and arms and it is the lamest goodbye of any TV That show. is winding me up even thinking about it. I'd be smoking <laughs> cigarettes and writing every name down I've ever possibly can remember for them in the interrogation situation. Jeff says noisy eaters, someone talking with their mouth full or slurping tea. A lot of people have a problem with that, don't they? Like Lip-smacking, that kind of stuff. Uh, Helen says big light on when sitting down in the living room in the evening. <laughs> I hate that. Big light makes you feel a bit sick. Makes you feel like your mum's going to come in and eye in your school uniform. Uh, Ian says, someone filing their nails with an emery board. Just two rasping strokes and I'm singing like a canary. <laughs> I did worry when I initially saw that tweet, but it's all fine. Uh, Matt says, tea bags left in the sink. Now, is that when people drop the, the tea bag in the actual water of the sink or do they mean leaving it on the side so it does it a brown stain on the sink now you see i'm i'm a brown stainer i heard that rumor <laughs> <laughs> with tea bags there you go emma what does it for you a horrible yappy little dog like the one i have living next door to me oh, oh. oh dear Just tell us about this dog then what, what what kind of dog is it and what does it do that winds you up it's is it a Bichon Frise, whatever they're called? Little white thing that just yaps constantly. Uh, my cats can't, you know, go out the back door because it yaps and it looks from the bedroom window down into my garden and it, it just drives me demented. I'm trying to work from home like a lot of people and all I can hear is this thing going on and on and on all day. I would confess to anything if they brought <laughs> one of those into, into an interrogation room. You know, you name it, I'll put my hands up to it. Wow. Anything to keep that dog away from me. Do you know what the dog's name? Has it got a name, this dog? Um, I think it's something like Candy or Penny. Oh, look, it's, it's barking already. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> She's off. Right, what do we want to know? <laughs> I crank the radio up so loud and to drown it out. Well, we're glad to have helped out in some way. Uh, well, yes, you have your uses. Good to catch up, Emma. Thank you. Okay, cheers. I'm 100% like Ellis, who says, for me to spill the beans, people shaking their leg on the sofa oh. and shaking the whole sofa. That does it for me. Some people do that. I would say never trust someone with a shaky knee. <laughs> uh, Paul says, start in the car to find the wife's left the windscreen wipers on from the last time she drove. <laughs> We've got Joe on the line. Joe, what weird thing would make you spill the beans? Uh, walking around, no, I can't stand it. What's wrong with it? If, it? if it's your own house, it's your own carpet, your own floor, surely that's fine. Even with a pair of shops on, I'm like that. So when, you, mean, get, when you get I out of the I bath mean, mean, or a shower, Joe, that must be a nightmare for you then, that little bit when you've got no, no shoes or socks on. No, I'm all right in the shower in the bath. You know, that's the one thing I can't say I'm all right with, but as soon as I get out, I've got my flip-flops there ready to put on. <laughs> what about in bed, Joe? Do you have socks on in bed? Sometimes, but not all the time. Depends on the weather. Animal. you absolute animal. What, how did this start, Joe? Something must have happened. An inciting incident. Uh, no, I think it's made me, my mum was the same. She won't walk anywhere barefooted. I suppose she says I grew up of. So if someone wants know, info uh, out of you, Joe, they've just got to say, Oi, mate, socks off. Yeah. Uh, no, and then make me walk around somewhere with no, with not, not my feet. 
<laughs> OK. I don't think a you career know. in the SAS beckons for you, Joe, but it's great to chat to you. <laughs> uh, I doubt it very much, but come on. Thanks, lad. So, busy uh, weekend in the Euros. More games on tonight. Let's uh, check in with our expert in this thing, the amazing Chris Kamara. Chris, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm great, thanks. How are you? We're good. Cammy, before we look forward, we need to look back. Uh, let's go back. <laughs> let's go back to Friday night, first of all. No! <laughs> Don't make him go. Don't make him go back there. <laughs> What's your thoughts, fella? Um, well, basically... We went into that game not to lose. Um, I don't know what Gareth said to the boys. Obviously, I'm not privy to that information. But I would have thought from the outside, it was a situation where don't lose. Whatever happens, don't lose. Played negative, didn't get any forward chances. Kane was coming too deep. Calvin Phillips, who was a star, in the first game, never went over the halfway line. Rice never went over the halfway line. So, invariably, we played that game, or it looked apparent that we played that game as if we didn't want to win it, but we didn't want to lose it either. Uh, Scotland, though, were fantastic. I think they, uh, they, you know, obviously had a bit of a stumbling block in the first game, but uh, they kind of set the record straight with their performance, don't you think? They were great. Oh, they were superb, absolutely fantastic. You know, what Steve Clark did tactically, you know, from that first game was brilliant. Against the Czech Republic, they played the ball long, over the top. They didn't have any uh, strikers who could get on the end of the ball. It was such a disappointing performance as far as they were concerned. But they set their tactics brilliantly against England. Played deep, uh, played the ball to feet, worried England to death and of course we were fortunate to come out of it with a draw but we came out of it with a draw so we should be delighted. You know, basically it's another step forward. I know people are disappointed and you know, the bubble has burst because all of a sudden we start to believe once again that we can win it and then we see Germany and then we see Spain then we see Italy and we think oh crikey then we see France and we think we're not in the same league but we only need a good performance tomorrow night against the Czech Republic and all of a sudden that hype that feeling that we've got a chance again will all come back and happy days for Wales celebrating a defeat yesterday Oh, brilliant. You know, absolutely brilliant. I feared the worst that 1-0 down, down to 10 men, but it just goes to show what spirit they had. And they played for a 1-0, you know, which was, which was great because that's a victory. That sees you through in second spot and they can look forward to, you know, the knockout rounds. And, you know, they've got a chance. They've got top players, you know. Hmm players who can make a difference, players who can change a game in an instant. And having those gives you a chance. And then one final thing, Group D, England's group, perfectly poised for tomorrow night, like you say. Uh, do you do anything like lucky chair, Cammy? Or we got lucky shirt or anything like that? And when you were a player, did you used to have any lucky items that we might need to employ uh, tomorrow? 
before I was a captain, and I was a captain at 21, I always used to come out last. Uh, and then that changed when I got handed the captain's armband. So from then on, I never had any superstitions at all. But I am going to Wembley tomorrow night. I am oh. going to see the boys. I have got myself a ticket and I just couldn't, you know, stay away from it. All the tournaments I'd been to, 2002, Japan, and then every tournament since then I have been to. And it didn't seem right. Me sat at home the other night watching that dreary game. I thought, crikey, get me out of here. Get me to Wembley. Get me to see the boys. And hopefully I can bring them luck. Well, being that you're not captaining England tomorrow night, you can walk out of the uh, walk out of the, uh, the 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 stands last and uh, <laughs> employ your superstition again. <laughs> oh, crikey, that would be great! You know, imagine you know your Harry Kane tomorrow night. The whole country, you know, 20 million people watch that game on telly. The whole country is willing you to do well. That sense of pride and desire. All we have to do is create chances for him. You know, why are people on such a downer about Harry Kane saying he's, you know, he's leggy, he's this, he's that, he's the other, he's coming too deep, which is what I said, and I agree with that. But you only come deep as a striker if you're not getting the ball in the right areas because you need to be involved in the game somehow. You know, so you need a touch here and there. If he hadn't come deep, he wouldn't have had a kick at all. Yeah. Never mind, not too many in the first place. Create chances, and I'm sure we're going to do that tomorrow. And Harry Kane will score. Well, there you go. I feel I'm going to sleep better tonight knowing that we yes. have our lucky cami at the game. So that is amazing. Great to speak to you, my friend. Take care. I need to let you know about a new rule that I've got in my house at home that I'm really struggling with and it is we've become one of these houses that has the can you take your shoes off when you go in the lounge rule and it's for me personally really been a bit of a struggle and no much more so than this weekend and this morning uh, so we had my dad come up for uh, Father's Day, had Natalie's dad come over for Father's Day, and you're having to say to your parents, oh, can you take your shoes off, Dad? It's awful. It's weird, isn't it? Say to your own parents, take your shoes off. I, I, I feel like I slightly have my nose, my considerably sized nose put out of joint if I'm asked <laughs> to take my shoes off at the door. Well, here's the thing, right? Here's the problem that I had this morning. I'm home alone. Okay, oh, right. <laughs> no. <laughs> Rocco's gone to nursery. Natalie's back in the office just for the morning. I'm home alone. I'm leaving for work. Uh -huh. My coat's on, my shoes are on, bags on my back, and I'm suddenly thinking, ah, glasses. Where are my glasses? And I realise they're on the coffee table in the lounge Ooh. from being on the Xbox last night. OK. So I go and stand at the lounge door, and I'm thinking, they're over there, I've got my shoes on. <laughs> it's like floor is lava, slightly. <laughs> exactly. But, mate, if someone walks on the carpet with shoes on and your wife isn't at home does anybody see that's a good point does it even happen exactly so that was the that was the problem that i had and here's what i went and did <laughs> i got on all fours oh no and i crawled across the lounge floor on my hands and knees <laughs> because i didn't want to put 
the shoes on the carpet. And I'm thinking to myself, what's become what's of you, going Rich? On? No one's here. There's no one to tell tales on you. Especially as well with your bag on your back, waiting to get your glasses. You must be like a little turtle. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Isn't it one of the worst house rules? Do you have any weird house rules? I don't think the whole carpet one's actually that strange one, but there are people that have really strange house rules. We have, we've got a couple of strange ones. Not imposed by me, by my other half, Katie, right? If we go out, I'm, I'm like old school. I'll try and close all the curtains and stuff because I want people peering in. Yeah. She says that she doesn't want the curtains or blinds shut when we're out because she doesn't want it to look like, and I quote her, a DOS house. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want it looking like a DOS house. That's her phrase on that. Ridiculous. Ricky says, my house rule is this, do not use kitchen roll to blow your nose. It really annoys me. Oh, yeah, but it's so strong. It's so soft, isn't it? You almost want to fall asleep in it. Heather in Warrington, one rule in my house, the windows can't be opened to their maximum as I think it makes it look like a bachelor pad and really scruffy. <laughs> Those bachelors with their wide open windows. Forever opening windows trying to air the place. It's so suspicious. <laughs> uh, we got Paul on the line. Paul, what's the rule round at your house? No solids in the ensuite. Wow. <laughs> Wowee. And is that a rule that you would hand on a laminated like sheet to anyone visiting as a kind of way to give, point them in the right direction? Uh, well, we just send them to the family bathroom for that one. Okay. <laughs> no, all right, okay. <laughs> we can move on quickly from... Thank you for sharing, Paul. Cheers, Paul. Yeah, no worries, take care. Lee, what's, uh, what's going on in yours? Uh, so, we're not allowed to let the cat go upstairs um, after nine o'clock. Um, we, it's a bit weird, I know. So before nine, your cat's allowed free range of the house and go wherever it wants. But after nine o'clock, like in a nightclub, you've got like a little roped bit off at the bottom of the stairs and he's not allowed up there. No, she's not allowed. No. Wow. How on earth do you do this? I mean, cats aren't the most famously trained animals. They don't or, care. Or obedient as bushes. They don't care. They don't How care. do you police this? Well, we just keep the... Um, there's only one door to um, the hallway instead, so we just keep that shut, and then she can't go up there. Tell us the name of your cat. It's Skivvy. Skivvy? Skivvy. Skivvy. Gizmo. Giz oh, oh, Gizmo. I, I heard Skivvy, too. Yeah, you know, I thought that's to feel like this, this kind of tension <laughs> in the background there. What did, uh, what did it do to end up getting the upstairs ban? Um, well, we, we used to let her stay up there all night, but unfortunately she wakes up at 4am um, squawking away and ripping things and just causing mayhem. So, yeah, we have to keep downstairs at night. Today's match is electricians versus carpenters. Yes, and it's a Group B fixture today, as you have just heard. Electricians taking on carpenters should be an interesting battle, this. Uh, both trades uh, have got a win under their belt in the first round of group matches. They're up against each other today, trying to keep their 100% record. Uh, Ross, the electrician, taking on Lee, the carpenter. Let's uh, have a word with Ross first of all. How are you, Ross? I'm good, thank you. You seem very chilled, Ross. You can't come. Um, uh, electrician overall? Uh, yeah, I am, yeah. On the job, I am. <laughs> you have to be. OK, and what are you up to today? What work are you doing right now? I'm not. I'm. It's inset day at school, so I'm looking after my four-year-old daughter. Is that harder is work than yeah, being yeah. an electrician or not? 100% harder. <laughs> uh, you are representing electricians. You're on 100% record so far. Get, uh, tell us what your company is, Ross. Give it a little plug. It's Ross Norman Electricals of Highgate, London. Love it. Good man. Let's have a chat with uh, Lee. How are you, Lee? Oh, very good, thank you. Yeah. Uh, Lee, let's have a plug uh, for your carpentry firm. Are you, do, you, do you work for a company or are you a sole trader? Well, I'm on the tools uh, with my partner. We call ourselves Wizard Interiors because we are um, 
we, do, we work miracles, you see. And, Wizard uh, Interiors, I love that as a name. Yeah. That's a great name. And what have you been yeah. working on? What's the last thing that you built as a carpenter, Lee? At the moment, I'm standing in the kitchen that I've almost finished. Super. Oh, fantastic. Mm. So work in yeah. progress there. Ross is looking yeah. after his little one, so we've got a battle ready to go. Uh, you're each going to get 20 seconds to say why your trade is the best trade and the winner's going to top the group at the moment, so it's a hell of a thing. Uh, Ross, you're going to get your 20 seconds first. 20 seconds to tell us why electricians are better than carpenters and your time starts now. All right, think of a life without electricity. No oven, fridges, TV, internet or lights in your city. Not a bad way to make a living. It's a trade that keeps on and on and on giving. Electricians are highly charged bright sparks. Power to homes, caravans, businesses and parks. Electricians have to think outside the box. Time's out. Whoa, that was almost lyrical. Yes, poetic. I was trying to freestyle a rap there. Do you know what? <laughs> Genuinely, I could I could hear that over a drum and bass rhythm. He's got an MC type vibe about him, Ross. What I a great about start. The eight, eight mile kind of rap off. <laughs> the rapping Sparky. Right, uh, you've had your 20 seconds. Uh, Lee, you also have 20 mm. seconds to tell us why Thank carpenters you. are better than electricians and your time starts now. Well, as you know, the Messiah, our great one, or the Chippy, and uh, that generally means that we have to work miracles for everybody and every other trade as well. Uh, Normally, Sparky would turn up and say, Oh, I need a hole cut here. Oh, and could you also fill that hole as well because I put it there wrong? Um, basically, they're, they're generally just light bulb technicians that um, <laughs> just bolt Time's up. Oh, oh, some oh. strong stuff there. Light bulb oh. technician, I think, is the real takeaway <laughs> from that. <laughs> and, and, and again, carpenters are evoking Jesus as the famous <laughs> yeah. one in their trades. Really is the figurehead that they like to remind us all about. Right, look, it's down to the public vote now. One of the tightest results so far. It's a win for the electricians. Second of the tournament for them. Uh, they beat the plasterers earlier on. They've just beaten the carpenters, but with only 53% of the votes. Whoa. Bad news for the carpenters. This is the first time in the tournament that they've used the line, Jesus was a carpenter, and it's not actually worked for them. A win's a win, though. The electricians top the group. We join you tomorrow for another amazing bout. It is... Uh, it will be tomorrow, of course. The gardeners versus the painters. So if you are a gardener, you are a painter, get in touch and represent your trade. Give your business a shout on the radio. Hometime at absoluteradio.co.uk. Bush and Richie with Home Time. It's Absolute Radio on a Monday night. Uh, you know what we do on a Friday. We do weekend cliffhangers. You guys tell us about amazing stuff you're getting up to over the weekend. And then we have to call you back tonight on the show to find out how you got on. And first for the callback is Darren. Now, you may remember Darren was furiously making his way back up the M5 to try and get to a pub for a table for 8 o'clock for the big game on Friday evening. The question is, Darren, did you make it? I did, yeah. Seven minutes to spare. Um, bit of trauma on the way, bit of stress. But otherwise, could um, manage to order my beer before I got there to secure the table. So that was a bit Ooh. of a cheeky one. Oh, tell us about um, that, because that's the kind of thing that uh, is our kind of language here on Home Time. You I used think, the app yeah, to I order the beer before you even yeah, arrived. Absolutely, yeah. So the cut off time was quarter two. I could lose the table. So I managed to order a pint. Uh, the table I thought was ours at the time, just to secure it. So, yeah, had it, had it waiting for me, but sadly on a, separate, on a different table. They'd moved it over. <laughs> we were a bit that was an omen. And come ten to ten, was the whole ordeal worth it? Yeah, it's not for the football, for the banter and the good laugh. It was absolutely <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> so says the nation. <laughs> <laughs> good fun.
good, good to be back in the pub in its full glory. It's really good. Nice one, fella. Good to speak to you. Take care. Yeah, thank you, guys. Appreciate the show. We keep our promises. If we speak to you Friday, we do call you back for our weekend cliffhangers. Very intrigued by our chat with Sarah on Friday, going off uh, with a load of her friends to go metal detecting. Uh, Sarah's on the line right now. Did you have a good time? Oh, it went absolutely fantastic. I was with 20 of the best ladies from Sassy Searchers on Facebook. Um, Amazing. Not much finds-wise. What was the best thing? What was the best thing that was found on the day? Well, I must say, I'm going to blow my own trumpet here, but it was my find. I found what's called a spindle wall. Whoa. A spindle Uh, wall? It was from, like, I've had it dated to about the 1300s, where it was used to spin wool. Well, that's amazing. And when, when you find something like this, doing metal detecting, do you get paid for it? Can you sell them? Is that what happens? Um, some people do like to sell them personally. No, I've got a cabinet at home with all my finds in. Oh. Um, any, anything that's classed as treasure, though, we have to register it with PAS and the flow, um, and then it's sent off to be analysed. Yeah. I don't like to sell them, though. I'm looking here on eBay. I don't know whether that's the place to go for. <laughs> no, seriously, I'm, I'm not being silly here. There's a £700 spindle wall. Seven hundred pounds. Seven hundred yeah. quid for a spindle wall. <laughs> um, it's very tempting, but no, I go. It's going in my cabinet. It's you're, kind of place. You remind me one of those people, of those people. on uh, Antiques Roadshow who say that they, they get a good price. They think, no, no, we'd never sell it. And straight down the pawn <laughs> shop and get rid of it afterwards. <laughs> Probably, yeah, I'm not going to say... No, I won't, <laughs> honest to God. No, I am. Um, I, f- I value too much what I find. And one yeah. final thing, then, when can people see you on this TV show? Well, it's going to be a four-part series, um, I've been told, in the autumn time. It was all organised, though, by the lovely Michelle Val from Sassy Searchers, so she's the one to credit for it. We all had a fantastic weekend and, oh, brilliant, yeah, but it autumn time. We'll look out for you. Well done, Sarah. All right. OK, well, thank you very much. So, yeah, sorry, one final thing about the Kevin Sheedy thing. The more I look at his background stuff, uh, in the background of Kevin Sheedy's house where he's recorded this message for me, uh, the weirder it gets, he's got a, a porcelain duck there, then he's got a cow with a pig stuck stood on top of it and then a duck st- <laughs> stood on top of the cow in the background as well. What's going on there? <laughs> also, 10 to 1. Uh, is that 10 to 1 uh, in the middle of the night and he's had that come in as a last-minute thing on Saturday <laughs> night? Because <laughs> he's got the clock in the background. It does say 10 to 1. I'm hoping it's the middle of the night and he can't sleep. That's great.